It's the place for Jesus lovers who question the church. This week, we're talking to Cam and Steve Berry of Isaiah 61 Homes. Um, Want to say something, Caleb? Yes, guys. Shalom, shalom. It is good to be back here. Uh, last week, we had a bit of a break. We were, Again, we were trying to figure out what the next step is, but we've all had uh, busy schedules. But we're glad to be back, and we are so happy to have... Uh, Steve and Tam, uh, Tam to uh, join us on uh, on our podcast to talk about their ministry. Um, but, uh, but before we get started, we want to uh, just give a little intro of what we're all about. Um, let's see. Uh, we have about let's see. Well, we are we are on uh, Rumble as you're li- uh, listening to a lot of on Rumble right now. Uh, you can uh, find us there and uh, on YouTube as well. Uh, on Outpouring Fellowship Ecclesia. We, and you can also listen to us on any uh, podcast uh, platform that you guys desire. Uh, if you guys listen to Apple, uh, Spotify, or whatever, you can more than that, uh, listen to any uh, platform you wish. We, you can find us on True Social. Um, mine is at Caleb, as I'm very simple. Uh, with uh, Matt, Matt's account uh, is at tech uh, underscore freedom. You can find me on Instagram at, uh, at Caleb underscore meal, or and you can find uh, Matt at uh, uh, Telegram at Matthias76. Matthias I want to say Matthias all the time. It, 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 that sounds more, sounds more uh, heroic, honestly. Uh, Matthias76. Um, and you can, for email wise, you to reach both of us, you can reach us on, on outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me. Or if you wish to uh, reach me uh, personally, because, I, again, I, I have other emails, but I just wanted to email for you guys just to reach out to me uh, concerning the Ecclesia. You can reach me at Meal at Outlook.com. Our uh, music that we use uh, is from uh, KL, Produ- uh, KL Productions. Uh, yeah, it, excuse me. K, uh, indie folk background, KL Productions. Um, and we we just found that uh, background music, and we just loved it so much. But we, we just want to make sure we give all the credit that it's due. So now that that's done, we can get let's get started. All right. So, Steve, Tam, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. <laughs> um. So, how'd you guys meet? <laughs> we have to start right there. Why not? We have to start right there. <laughs> you know, get to know you. <laughs> um, We're both widows, widowers, um, and um, Tam lived in New Mexico, and I was here in Georgia, um, and God brought us together. It was kind of a miraculous story. Yeah, it um, sounds miraculous. I'll tell it. I'll have to give a little bit of backstory. Um, Before my late husband passed away, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was handed a black folder, like the kind you get your bill in a restaurant. And I opened it, and inside was a keychain with a house key. And the fob of the keychain was the shape of the state of Georgia. And the Holy Spirit said, get ready for movement. And so I knew that one of two things was either going to happen. My uh, late husband was going to be healed and we were going to go together or I was going to Georgia. And uh, 10 months later, he passed away. And um, three days after he passed away, the Lord woke me up in the morning 
early, like four in the morning and said, get rid of everything and get ready for movement. So I did. I got rid of literally everything but my clothes. I rented my home. I bought a camper and a truck and I came to Georgia by faith. I didn't know anybody here at all and uh, arrived here on Christmas Eve of 2020. And so I uh, lived in a campground in my camper waiting to hear from the Lord like, okay, where do I go now? What do I do now? And, and that led into the vision that I first had from the Lord about this ministry. So fast forward to 2022. Um, there was a, a girl here in Georgia that was interested in the ministry and her name got funneled to me and we met and talked about, you know, what God was saying and this and that. And we had uh, shared some time together over the course of a few weeks. And one day we were praying together and, and she said to me, do you think you'll ever get married again? And I said, well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really content being single. I know that God's going to take care of me and provide uh, for for me and you know what God's called me to do and I don't know any man that would be up for that and she said well I think I do and uh, she told me about Steve and asked if she could give him my phone number which I agreed to and um, that's how we met he called me and uh, said hey I got your number <laughs> from Lynn would you like to have dinner and we went out and had dinner and uh, the rest is history that was in December of 22 we had our first date and then we got married on april the 29th this past april so wow so recent i, I didn't realize that that is that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome congratulations so uh yeah it was a god thing and and before we even had our first date um you know i just had the weightiness of what god had put on my heart to do with opening homes for survivors of sex trafficking and it's like god i can't make a mistake if you're not in this i don't even want to have a first date i i can't make a mistake there's too much writing on it and the holy spirit spoke to me very clearly and said this man is a gift from me and i want you to trust him even if he makes a mistake i want you to trust him and so that was the foundation um that was laid before us and um i mean i i I have no words to even describe how seamless, you know, this has been. And very shortly into our dating relationship, Steve said, well, we could use this house too. Um, you know, so we started talking early on about the ministry that, that God had for us together. And I really feel like he was the missing link. Um, I was waiting two years. Okay, God, what are we doing? What are we doing? When are we doing it? You know, and then Steve shows up and all of a sudden things are expedited. So definitely in the center of, of God's will, he did bring me the help that I need needed. And uh, he's an amazing man of God. He's an amazing father and grandfather. And man, he can do anything. He, he, he can fix anything. He can build anything. He doesn't want him to know that because he doesn't want to build everything. But he will. Yeah. He doesn't. He remodel no, no, the bathroom. No, 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 no. This is crazy. <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I'm just seeing in the video, you're just saying he can do this. No, he can do this. No. <laughs> it's only by God's grace that anything gets done. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that, that's, that's wonderful. That, that's a sweet story. Um, 
And as you were talking, I just kept thinking of Abraham. I just kept thinking of the Abraham story where God called him into a different land. And he had to go by faith. I mean, that that is the story. He had to go by faith. He had to leave everything that he knew. You had to leave your state, everything that you knew, and go into Georgia, a place you've never been to, don't know, don't know the area, meeting um, strangers, this guy right next to you, <laughs> and all of a sudden your life has changed. And and the and honestly, the, the thought also the thought came to me of the, of the desire of the ministry that you have is like almost the uh, the the vision that God gave Abraham that I will make your descendants multiple mm-hmm. as the stars and as the yeah. grain of sand. Um, that's that's basically what this ministry is just have you know to to save kids and get them get uh help them start their lives again mm-hmm. yeah when i met her in the process or what or whatever yeah go for it go for it when, when, when i met her she already had the house her house is under construction um she has a team that comes down like once a month and they they spend several days uh They've just been doing redoing the whole thing. I mean, it, she thought she bought a house that was um, move-in ready, but it turns out that after they uh, started digging in a little bit, that nothing was move-in ready. It, it had to be completely, completely redone. So anyway, that house was there, but miraculously, after you know, when she we got to meet, she said, you know, my house is just one block away from your house. It's like like not only is did she move to Georgia, but she. She bought a house before she knew me. That's literally one block away from where I live. So uh, we have two houses in close proximity. Uh, I, I thought that in itself was a pretty big miracle. Just just how God is, because because now we can manage two houses at the same time, um, because we're so close. Right, right. We can use them both. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty excited about what God's doing. You know, when He begins things and He starts small. Little little things all come together, but it, it turns into big things quick, and I'm 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 really excited to see what how he's moving, because uh, I don't know I, I went through many a year in just a regular church, just a regular church member, mm-hmm. just being trying to be one of the ten percent that does the ninety percent of the work in a regular church, but usually getting stuck out as being one of the ninety that does no none of the work, you know, ninety percent of the people. I love the ecclesia. I, I love our ecclesia group that we we have. Um, um, we we should talk about our ecclesia group, you know, because yeah. they are yeah, they, by all means from behind us. Well, that you know that when God sent me to Georgia, I didn't really know why. Um, I was got involved with OKM early on, um, and so I was training people how to do ecclesia. I was teaching boot camps and. Um, but I didn't know anybody in Georgia. And so when I got here, you know, I'm in this little camper and um, I was still doing some some boot camp trainings. And God just started making divine connections. I, I went to a home fellowship, it was not an ecclesia, it was a home fellowship, really a, like a home church where right. this, you know, we're just gonna meet in the living room, but we're still gonna have church kind of thing. But I met some folks there and we ended up having relationship and meeting for lunch once a week or once a month or whatever. And then I did an online, it was my last online online boot camp. And four people from that home fellowship were in that boot camp. And we continued in relationship. We started um, a, an ecclesia 
in, in one of them because they got it. You know, once mm-hmm. they had the training, they just caught the vision of what what it's supposed to be. And so it was, uh, started with three of us, me and, and a couple, eating lunch um, once a week or once, you know, I think it started maybe once a month and then it was every other week and then it was once a week and then a couple times a week. And, you know, I was a widow and alone and they would invite me over for holidays. They kind of adopted me and we just got really tight. And then they started having relationships with other people. And I tell them they have an eating out ministry. You know, they meet a lot of different people for lunch. (laughs) And so the Lord had told me not to do any more online boot camps. And so I said, I'm just taking a step back. I'm not sure what God wants to do. And so two of these women that they had met or having lunch with that didn't know each other, but knew them. He said, well, we might be interested in a boot camp. And I said, well, I'll just go and, and do a live one. So it's about a two-hour drive uh, one way and did a live boot camp in their home. And that morphed into another one. And, you know, so we really have 13 leaders trained in Georgia and and four different locations. If you saw mm-hmm. okay, on Sunday, the interview with the Smiths. No, I haven't. They were the couple that I initially met with. And uh, okay. so we've got a group on the north, south, east, and west. We've got the state covered. And early on in 21, no, twenty in 2020, God spoke to me. You know, and I don't, I say this with all humility because of the, I don't even know what it means. I know what it means, but I don't know what it means. The, the, the gravity of it. The Lord said, I've given you the state of Georgia. And I'm like, what do I do with that? And this is before I knew anyone. And uh, and so we really have taken that um, ownership that, that the Ecclesia of Georgia is to bring the kingdom of God to our state and establish it as territory. And man, this group of people, it's not your everyday ordinary Ecclesia. These are folks that are on fire, filled with the spirit, understand the, the call of Ecclesia to stand and take territory for the kingdom of God. And that's what they are doing. And so we just raise them up and then kick them out of the nest and back off and like, Oh, we're not ready. Well, you know, trust, trust the Lord. I'll shoot go. <laughs> wow. You that's have amazing. the right foot of fellowship. Again. Yes, we are in a different location. We're all about in the middle. We're all about two hours apart on this. Okay. So uh, we have backed off. Again, we've, so we've taken a little sabbatical because we're trying to get um, two houses ready. Right. We stay connected at least once a week with lunch. I drive two hours to have lunch. <laughs> and then because Steve works, you know, we try to get together with them at least once a month with the large group in a central location. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm the only one that represents uh, South Carolina and uh I, being with a busy schedule, just um, I, I I used to do the boot camps as well, just trying to uh, teach others, but they were from all all over. So it's hard to find uh, a group that wants a home fellowship, or at least uh, you know a, an atmosphere where you're having ecclesia in your home, a church in your home, if you will. And uh, it, being in the in the in the Bible Belt, and especially in a, in a state where there's pretty much every church in every corner it's kind of hard to find that where people are comfortable in that atmosphere and so that's the whole point of this ministry as well that is to reach millennials that are getting they're getting tired of the system 
or at least you know yeah. the hypocrisy and, and and whatnot or however they got hurt and but they they still want to follow jesus but they don't know how to go about with fellowship that's the whole point of what we're here for to explain to them what what did jesus really mean when he said upon this rock i'll build my ecclesia so what you guys are doing that that's that's incredible that's incredible please the key. Please pray for that and come in my way <laughs> in the state of South Carolina. <laughs> that would be appreciated. There, there's just, it has to be a willingness to step out. You know, it, you're, it's not in your comfort zone at all to go in. It's not in my comfort zone to drive two hours to meet with a stranger and get to know them. But I, you, and, and they dismissed, talked about this on Sunday when um, he, Thomas interviewed them is we are very intentional about getting together and, and about, meeting people and building relationship um example we we have my camper for sale now and we just um put it out in the front yard with a for sale sign on it and some folks came and and looked at it but as soon as i talked to him on the phone i just knew this is somebody we need to get to know and where we live we we don't ha we don't know anybody here i mean we know a, a lot of people but they don't live here and we want to have an ecclesia here um so, you know, I don't know if that'll develop into anything or not, but uh, they said, you know, we have a really close friend who's a realtor and she just did her doctoral thesis on sex trafficking. I'm like, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You know? um, so God just makes these connections. Yeah. Um, but you've got to be willing to step out alone and, and just let God work. You know, he does create divine opportunities if we're willing to be used. But if you want to sit home in your comfort zone and wait for somebody to come to you, um, you may be sitting for a long time. That's right. That's right. Um, so with, okay, with, now that you guys met, you got this whole, uh, how did, how did, uh, how did we really have this vision? Of course, God gave you this vision, of course, yeah. but how so did this, it start? <laughs> what, what made you desire this area? I, a lot happened in my little camper while I was there by myself with my dog. Um, one morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up. Um, it was about three o'clock in the morning. And I, I had a six hour encounter with the Lord. And he showed me a ranch. It was full of young people. I, I saw like a barn um, and all these young people in the barn that were raising their hands and worshiping the Lord. It was a large property with a lot of cabins and a, like a large gathering hall. And I just started writing it all down. And um, my late husband had been a firefighter. He was severely abused as a child um, all the way through his teenage years. And he was a rescuer. He became a firefighter at 18 and retired as a fire, he had a rescuer's heart, but nobody ever rescued him. And I wanted to do something to honor his life. And so I started a nonprofit in his name. And uh, we called it, I say we, Holy Spirit and me, <laughs> uh, called it Rescue Mission Ranch because that was the vision that the Lord gave me. And so I started talking about it and trying to cast visions. I had nothing um, I had very little income, just enough to pay my lot rent in my camper mm. and, um, and, and really just living by faith. And so I just started talking about the vision and casting the vision and some people caught a hold of it and, um, started supporting me personally, just so I could make ends meet. And, um, 
giving money into an account that we labeled Rescue Mission Ranch. So it was just a vision. But I do believe in, in vision casting and, and saying this is what it could look like. And really, I mean, this is kind of bizarre. And when I tell people this, they say, that sounds like a commune. But I have this vision as a part of it with all of this property and these little homes is where the ecclesia all comes together and lives in community and helps raise up these kids as a family, you know, with farming and self-sustainability and all of that. So that's the really big picture. Um, so fast forward a year, almost a year to the day that I had the first vision about the ranch, the Lord wakes me up and says, uh, your vision is too small. I want you to dream with me. And so he starts talking to me about a women's home and a men's home and a boy's home and a girl's home and transitional housing and an apartment complex. And I had this dream of all these young college kids living in this apartment complex and I'm living there with them. And, you know, we've got this miracle and they're talking about it. We got to go pray for so-and-so and they're in and they're out and hey, Tim. And it was just amazing. So I said, okay, Lord, what do you want to call this? He said, Isaiah 61 homes where lives are restored. And so that's how Isaiah 61 homes was born. And uh, we still have the nonprofit, but we got a DBA. So we're doing business as Isaiah 61 homes. And uh, my renters called and said they were moving out. And that was my, my really only income at the time. Right. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Do you want me to use it as a survivor home? Do you want me to rent it? Do you want me to sell it? He said, I want you to sell it. Told me what to, to ask for it. So I contacted a realtor, really, um, Chainbreaker team had been down in Florida in Sarasota for the Skippy to Doo fundraiser. And I was driving back home when the Lord was talking, when the realtor, I mean, the renters called and said they were moving out. So I pull over, I get a realtor in New Mexico and I, I call and he says, yeah, you know, he was highly rated and all that. And uh, he said, I, I'll go over and look at it. So he does and said, um, we're going to take pictures. I said, okay. So then he calls. He said, my wife has a client with him, with her that wants to see your house. Is it okay? I said, yeah. And he said, I think you've got it listed way too high. Let's start at this price. I said, nope, it's not negotiable because the Lord told me what to ask for it. It's like, okay. So the guy comes to look at it while they're taking pictures and makes a full offer on it. It never goes to MLS and it's sold. And I had enough money to pay off the mortgage and to buy the first house. So the Lord said, take this money and buy your first survivor home. So I go on Zillow. I put in the amount of profit that I'm making. There's one house for sale in the whole state of Georgia for that amount of money. The one that's down the street from his house. <laughs> So we bought it. It was a flip, you know, and uh, paid cash for it. it. It probably could have been move-in ready, but there's a, a contractor on our board of directors who lives in North Carolina. He said, I want to be there. I want to look at it. And he started taking things apart and pulling up the floor. And he said, we're going to redo this. So we got a whole new foundation, took all the walls down, all the foundation. Really, it was just a shell. When he saw it, mm -hmm. there were like deep caverns of space. <laughs> Um, and it's such a picture of restoration, you know, where it looks okay on the outside. You know, you look at people and they might be all fixed up and look okay on the outside, but they are a mess yeah. of deterioration yeah. and rottenness on the inside. So I mean, we had a year 
and um, they come the contracting team comes once a month for three days so if you take a year you know you take 12 months and multiply it by three they really have only worked on it a little over a month if you look at it that way and have completely rebuilt the foundation all the walls are up we've got it primed um, all the new plumbing all new electric we just don't have it painted inside yet but you know it's we a, don't have an air conditioner we don't have an air conditioner we need ten thousand dollars <laughs> you're in georgia so that's why we're selling the camper yeah. when we sell the camper we can pay for the hvac system wow. and the kitchen and uh, so you know it belongs to the lord it's his project however he provides and he is providing and it's it's just starting it's starting to accelerate. And uh, since we've been married, we made the decision to, to get this house ready as well. So we're demoing, we, he <laughs> is demoing a bathroom, remodeling another one. I, I actually pulled wire and I have grouted tile now, which are two things I've never done before. Um, I, I'm like I'm the I'm she just. She can do anything. So we have to be ready. We have to be ready. You know, in less than a month, we've got uh, the bathroom where we see the finish line there, and um, we just need to move some stuff out of a bedroom and paint it. We've got two bedrooms ready. We'll have one bathroom ready in addition to our bedroom and bathroom and. And the two more bedrooms that we have that we can get ready. We actually have one bedroom that's large enough to make into a suite for house parents um, that we're going to put a, another bathroom in. So we'll have five bedroom, four bath. Right now we have five bedroom, three bath. So um, that's where we are with that. We're working with a couple of different rescuing agencies who said so they're ready to put people in here as soon as we get ready. So, you know, it's all donation driven and uh, faith, trusting the Lord and his timing. Man, that's inspiring. That really is. Mm -hmm. uh, just listening to you, it's just—it's always it, it. Just listening to that, it's—it's it's convicting. It's convicting. It's just you know how it's yeah. so important that we need to live by faith, uh, not plan everything out. We can have a plan, but again, we have to be willing that that plan is changing all the time, yeah. as the Lord wills, and uh, as the Lord wills, it's right? Absolutely. You know, so this this isn't the ranch. It isn't what I first envisioned, but it has it has grown. And and the Lord said the first house, which we call Hartwell House One, the um, the ministry is located in Swanee, Georgia, which is uh, not too far out of Atlanta. That's kind of a, a bedroom community to Atlanta. Um, but we keep the location of the homes private for obvious reasons. But the Lord said, uh, Hartwell House One is is where hearts will be made well, is what he spoke to my heart. And uh, one of the men from the Ecclesia, when I when I first got the property, the Ecclesia came out and we walked the land and we prayed over it. And and it, he confirmed that, that, you know, there are going to be lives redeemed here. And we've had numerous prophetic words over us about us personally being soul healers, but also about raising up uh, another family. And so we are looking at this as as a family. We we want to be your family. We want to give you a home. You're welcome here as long as you want to be here. If you want to leave, you're welcome to go. But you're always welcome to come back. We're your family. And uh, so I forgot where I was going with that story. Oh, the Lord said, you know, this is this will be your first survivor house for women. 
like women. Okay. And I didn't really want to take in women. They're hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go, okay. Oh, Lord. no, I think that's our line. I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> I am willing to say that. You know, they're challenging and they, you know, anyway. So that, that, that's uh-huh. going to be for women. And um, so we just assumed we didn't have a thus saith the Lord that this house would be for girls because we we really have a heart to take in some teenagers. They're really hard to place, maybe 14 to 17, and that the two houses can work together. And Mm -hmm. the statistics indicate that individuals who are, are rescued and healed and restored are the best individuals to help restore others because they understand they've been through mm-hmm. it. So, you know, we're thinking the women from that house can help with the girls in this house. And uh, within the last couple of months, I've had three dreams about little boys. And so I, I believe that we just might be taking in uh, boys in this home, perhaps siblings, you know, he's talked about family too. Um, so we just have to stay fluid. Yeah. Um, we think we know what we're doing. All of a sudden, can't shift. Um, but, you know, <laughs> women can work with little boys and, and help be mamas to them. And, uh, you know, we'll just we'll just see what the Lord wants yeah. to do. We just have to be ready. So that's our focus right, right now is getting ready. Yeah. And then we'll just do whatever God says to do one step at a right, time. Because you, never, you never know if those women, they need, if they, you know, this is just, speculation this is just random thinking but you never know because especially when women come out of this then you don't know the trauma they deal with and maybe then now they say they don't have a purpose maybe that's maybe that's that you know that demon telling them you got no purpose besides this and then you having that vision now the, the possibility of siblings kids coming in and now the girls could be like what you just said they can act like the mothers that the nurturers the encouragers, and then they can feel like, wow, I got a purpose. I've got a purpose again. You just, you just never know. You, yeah, you, so it's just, it's, it's like what you said, just remaining obedient to the Holy Spirit and let Him direct you. So that that's that is so inspiring. That's so inspiring. Um, One of the ugly, really ugly. So I mean, sex trafficking isn't ugly enough, but. Um, there are also women that are used as harvesters just for babies that are then sacrificed or used for adrenochrome. Um, I watched, uh, there's a girl in our ecclesia who's good friends with a woman who came out of satanic ritual abuse, and I'm getting connected with her. Um, I watched uh, her testimony yesterday, and her father was a Satanist, and he was using her um, for uh, impregnating her intentionally for satanic ritual abuse and sacrifice. And by the time she was 18, she had lost 10 babies to say, so as a sacrifice to Satan. So it's a real thing. And so, you know, it's very particular that we could have a woman who's pregnant. We could have a woman who's lost babies. There's so much woundedness that um, Jesus is the only one that can heal. He is the answer. Yeah. And it, there's just it, the, 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 scope of it is so big um the united states is the number one country in sex trafficking and it there's there's no limits you know it can be infants it can be children it can be adults men and women boys and girls and it takes everybody doing something at the very least people can pray because it's happening right under our noses 
Um, and we just don't realize we've got to be awake, right. we've got to be alert, and we've got to say, you know, this is a, a call to action. Lord, what would you have me do? And not be yeah. afraid of the answer. He may right. say, I need you to pray. I need you to fast once a week. I need you to give. I need you to give so somebody else can adopt if you can't. Um, I don't know what he's going to say, but, you know, so many times we're afraid to just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then wait for him to say, because we're afraid of what he might say. But if he's going <laughs> to call you to do something, he's going to provide what you need to do it. That's what laying down your life is all about. I'm, you know, I didn't dream about doing this at a retirement age, starting a new family. I didn't dream about that. You think in retirement, vacation and travel and, you know, all of that. This is, this is not what our lives are going to look like, but we're excited about it and we're embracing it because it's from God. It's what yeah. he wants. What, what better future could you have than what God wants for you? What an opportunity that he would call us to do anything for him is such an honor, such a privilege. I will say yes every time, no matter what it is, because it's going to be good. It may be hard, but man, it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I I can speak a little bit to the the house end of things because I have a background as a realtor here in California, and most of the business that I did as a realtor was with flippers, was with investors, and I've been through some. Uh, <laughs> wow, I I'm amazed this house is still standing. <laughs> like, like how did anybody live here? Seriously. Um, and then watching the flipper do their thing and then seeing the result. And it's like, wow. This is not so, the same location, is it? This is a different location. Right? Come on. <laughs> this can't be the house, right? <laughs> I mean, there there was one that I that I helped sell to. And an, well, I helped an investor buy uh, in the city where I live. And they, like, this house hadn't been touched in, like, 60 years. Like, one family had lived there for, the, for most of the time this house has existed. And never did any remodeling. So it was bone stock, right? And he came in and made it look like something out of a, something out of Better, home, better Homes and Gardens. Like, Bam not necessarily my style but people like it <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> anyway but yeah so and this guy this investor was really good some of them aren't so much which i think is probably the situation you had tim yeah where no, this is they flipped it Georgia. but it was really a cosmetic thing yeah well, you know, it's expensive. You look at a kitchen remodel is, is starting $20,000. One bathroom, you know, ten fifteen thousand mm -hmm. um, dollars And we're in <laughs> Both of our homes were built in 1952. So we got a 70-year-old bathroom that we're remodeling. You know? yeah. so, uh, and we're, we're doing it by donation. So it's not going to be better house and gardens, but it's going to be clean and it's going to be safe. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look <laughs> if I can, if I can get somebody to hang my curtains. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I want to speak just, just a little bit, just give a little story about you know following the will of the Lord doesn't come without obstacles. 
um, or difficulties because God has an agenda and the enemy has an agenda. We can't be afraid of the enemy because, you know, we have we have everything that we need to overcome whatever plans and purposes he has. So new homeowner in this new little little house, not old, old little house, and uh, the neighborhood's pretty tight. And uh, people that have lived there for 70 years and then, you know, their grandparents lived there and then the kids lived there. And now the grandkids live there and, and then in comes me. And so I had a lot of pushback from the neighbors. You put up a fence. We don't like fences around here. <laughs> um, you have a dog. We don't like working dogs. You know, it was just crazy stuff like that. So this lady shows up in my driveway. I'm out working in the yard and uh, she's calling me over and, and she says, I, I see you got, she was calling them doors, but they were gates on my fence. So she says, she called them doors. And uh, I said, she said, you can't have those here. And I said, well, ma'am, I've, don't have anything she said i'm part of the estate all of this was one estate and i'm part of that estate and you can't do that here i said well i've, I've looked at my my deed it doesn't say anything about easements or doors or gates or fences or any of that you know i own the property i can and do what i want with it and well you just you can't do that so she drives off in a huff so about three weeks you, you, you had your first Karen. <laughs> About three weeks later, she drives up again and she's calling me over to her car. I'm like, oh boy, what what now? And she says, and, and meanwhile, the Ecclesia has been praying, you know, we've been praying over the property and, you know, we're claiming it for the kingdom of God and what God wants to do there. And she says, um, Holy Spirit told me to come and apologize to you and ask you to forgive me because I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Nice. Yes, Love it. <laughs> And so, you know, I said, you are certainly forgiven and, you know, we're neighbors and I'm here if you need me. And, you know, so it's just a beautiful picture of stuff is going to come. The enemy is going to rear his ugly head and try to mess with what you're doing. But it needs to be like, whatever, instead of getting all upset and bundled up in a wad over it, you know, just get over it and trust God. And he comes through every time. That That's great advice. Honestly, that's great advice for us. For what we're doing and uh for everyone who's listening uh matt did you have any questions before i ask something let's see i mean i knew a piece of this before because i've talked to tam <laughs> um on a different project actually uh, the omega kingdom ministry also has Chainbreaker school which is a homeschool cover school so okay right right you guys should if you have kids t take a look at it um <laughs> chainbreakerschool.org um <clears throat> but that's beside the point so i i kind of knew at least some of this story before right but it's always good to hear it, it again um, absolutely absolutely i like hearing it it's great <laughs> it, you know it's always good to rehearse what god's done i mean Amen. that's that's what Rid of Jesus. I mean, that's what Torah was about, right? It's rehearse mm -hmm. this. Remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because tough times gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And grab hold of what God's already done so that when those times do happen, you have that. And you can go, God brought us through X. Therefore, why is not going to be a problem? 
Amen. That's right. Mm. I like that, man. I like that. That's good. I mean, um, yeah. Um, but um, what besides that that incredible advice? Um, what other advice can you tell? Uh, could you give everybody listening? Concerning this the sex the sex trafficking, human trafficking, doesn't matter what kind of trafficking, human trafficking in general. What can you advise people to be aware and where can and how can they contact you? Where can they find your information and such? Um, as far as the ministry is the website Google Isaiah 61 Homes, a safe place for survivors of sex trafficking, I think is the tagline, something like that, but it, it will pop up. I believe the email address, I should have that memorized, is i, little i, 61homes.protonmail.com. Okay. Um, but if you just Google Isaiah 61 Homes, Inc., it is an incorporated nonprofit in Georgia. Um, you should be able to find it. And I can get you that information later if you need to post it somewhere. As far as sex trafficking goes, you know, we were talking with a couple the other the other day that we're interviewing that wants to open their home. And um, he was talking about how he goes into Walmart and he sees little kids running around by themselves. And he said, I just want to walk up to that parent and say, you need to keep your kid right here by you and keep your hands on them and your eyes on them. And that's how quickly it can happen. And if you've been listening to, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on, on social media right now about people talking about how easy it is for your kid to get swiped. Their a friend that I have a friend on Facebook was talking after the movie came out, The Sound of Freedom, you know, it just woke a lot of people up. Um, but she said she was at a rest area uh, with her husband and her toddler, and she was very pregnant. Her husband went to the restroom and she was walking down to the playground with her two-year-old holding, holding her hand. And there was a van there parked and two men got out and one started walking toward her. And she knew in her spirit, just knew right away what they were gonna do. They were gonna snatch the baby and she couldn't chase them. She was like eight months pregnant. And so she turned around and she pointed and said to her toddler, oh look, there's daddy. Even though he wasn't there, she pointed and said that. And, and the guy ran into the woods and the other one got in the van and drove off. This was just, Stopping at a rest area to use the bathroom. Um, Steve and I were in a local restaurant um, pick, going to eat, and there was a girl in front of us picking up some some takeout food. And uh, she was young. I could tell she was, you know, high school age girl. Uh, lots of tattoos. But she was dressed in designer, like, $1,000 slippers and a $1,000 wallet. I mean, high-end stuff. And her nails mm. were done and all this. And we were paying our bills. So as we were leaving, she was leaving in front of us. And she got in a little old car and it said, class of 2023. So I knew she was a senior. And I said, that girl's being pimped. There is no way that any high school girl has that kind of money for those kind of clothes and, you know, it just broke my heart. So that's right here where we live. And I didn't have an opportunity to speak with her. Mm -hmm. um, but it's happening everywhere. And we need to keep eyes open. If something doesn't look right, doesn't feel right, say something. Um, you know, the opportunity is out there, especially with school bus drivers. Um, 
people that work in hotels, work in banks, work in gas stations. I see it in gas stations all the time. People coming and going and truck stops. A lot of truckers are getting on board. Where there was a trucker just recently. There's a man in our Georgia Ecclesia who's a trucker. And um, there was a trucker that went to a truck stop and actually saw a woman get out of a pickup truck, go to the bed of the truck, pull off a tarp, unlock a padlock, and take two little babies out, like two and three-year-olds, into the bathroom, bring them back in, put them back in the cage, and padlock it and cover it with a tarp. It was dark. He got the tag. He called the police. They saw him and uh, took off. He followed him until the police got him and arrested him. So everybody can do something. It's just eyes wide open, ears wide open. In school, they put teenagers in schools that look like teenagers that are not. They recruit in high schools, in middle schools. You can come and make this money. It's easy money, you know, $100 tonight. And it's all you have to do is rub somebody's back or whatever. It's just, it's happening everywhere. So everybody needs to, to get involved in some way and um, be alert. And there are hotlines you can call. Um, unfortunately, the authorities are involved in some locations. Um, there are other locations where the authorities are part of the, the solution. We're working with uh, with a foundation, a Christian foundation, and they have a working relationship in 19 states with the sheriff's department. And they can actually rescue a child and then turn them over to the foundation with guardianship, and they don't have to go through foster care. Sixty percent of children are trafficked through foster care. Mm-hmm. And I personally know of a girl here in Georgia that was trafficked in foster care, and I also know a lady from OKM in another state who worked with foster care and knew that trafficking was going on. And she told her supervisors, they told her to stand down. Mm-hmm. So we just have to have a no toleration policy and I will get involved. I will say something. I will make some noises. These are God's kids. And uh, if we don't stand up and take care of them, who will? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Absolute clearing call guys. Like it's, bad and like i i haven't really looked into it that much because honestly i'm kind of scared to look into the void (laughs) yeah i mean yeah like as as tender-hearted as i am it's daunting and california is probably one of the worst yeah uh like i know cps is involved there's no doubt um, with the nutty stuff that hap- that happens probably on the daily in Sacramento um, from the governor on down not to mention all these crazy bills that have been passed recently um, where it's now illegal for parents to stop their kid from transitioning yeah I'm tell just me like- that's not grooming yeah. I don't I don't understand that mind and it's, again it's not a mindset it's a demonic mindset that's what it is um and even even here in Greenville I, I don't know I haven't looked up the percentage here but it, way back when it was Greenville was one of the number one areas for tra- for human trafficking I, I don't know what it's like now I haven't heard much or maybe they're trying to keep that secret I'll have to look into that but I was surprised of, an, of just an area that is growing now. It's almost become one of the highlights for, for tourism. Um, now it's become another an area for human trafficking. I'm like, what? 
What? Our area? Yeah. Wait, I mean, we don't even, I don't even see the signs. I don't even see things. It's like you have to really ask people who are really, who are, are trained to look for this. Do you know, okay, look at here. And then you would just be shocked. I'm like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have noticed that. This is how blind we just are. Basically, anywhere there are children, there is an opportunity uh, for trafficking. For young people, college age, colleges, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, I mean, churches, it's it's happening everywhere. Um, our ministry, not Isaiah 61 Homes, but OKM's Chainbreaker team, Steve and I um, are on board there. And um, we had a call from Bikers Against Trafficking. We have a relationship with them through Wes Ragnar. And uh, they're in Florida as their home base. But there was a GED teacher teaching GED classes at the library. And a young man she was teaching, she knew he was being trafficked. So she called Bikers Against Trafficking and said, hey, I've got this kid. He's being trafficked and he wants out. And so we were able to send someone from Chainbreaker team to go. It was actually Russ and Diana got in their van and they drove and picked him up. He came out of the library, got in their van they drove off they threw away his cell phone they gave him a burner phone they fed him took him to dairy queen and burger king and mcdonald's and subway and wherever else he wanted to go bought him a phone and a case took him home for the night and the next day we bought him a ticket to go to florida into a christian home he was 22 years old being trafficked by his father he had been in foster care he'd been taken out of the home um, because it was not an appropriate, safe place for him. And when he was trafficked in foster care, and when he turned 18, he was put out on the street. They they have no after plan. You're 18, you're out. So he was on the street, and his father found him and started trafficking him. Okay. And uh, so, you know, it happens in families. I think we uh, it's 45% is the statistic from a few years ago of family members who actually traffic their children. And that has been the case with bikers against trafficking. A lot of their rescues are family related. And so uh, there's just, you know, you can't say, oh, it wouldn't be in my neighborhood or it wouldn't be in, in my town or my city, because if you have children and you have young adults, um, there's possibility. And any place they would hang out are where they send in recruiters who befriend them and, and build trust with them. And then they spend a lot of money on them and hook them that way. And then they drug them and, you know, sometimes they drug them right off the get go. And then they're it, they stuck. It's it's just like you, you really cannot trust anybody. You really can't anymore. It's, it's why it's, we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah, really. But we can, yes, we can trust the Holy Spirit, and he, that's why. That, and that, that's just the big argument that we need that we need spiritual discernment. I, I, I you know, use the fran, you know, the the uh, Star Wars franchise. You know, we need to feel a disturbance in the Force, in the sense we need <laughs> we need to feel a disturbance in the Holy Spirit, in the sense that something is wrong, or we need to feel his. We need we could, like what you guys feel. You know, he, he's asking you to move. You move. If there's something going on, we feel it right away. We need to be at that point, and uh, I'm not there, and I, I want to be. But we all, as the as the body of Christ, we need to be at that point where we feel something. The Holy Spirit's trying to tell us, okay, someone's in danger. You need you need to be ready. You need to move. Well, I think the key to that, Caleb, and this is 
off the topic a little bit. Um, we are we are flesh and blood, but we are also spirit, and it's our spirit that connects to God. And whichever we feed the most is going to be the strongest. So if we feed our flesh more than we feed our spirit, that's what's going to be the strongest, and that's what's going to win. But if we are intentional about feeding our spirit, we are going to be more and more in tune with the Holy Spirit and be able to hear Him clearly. And I people talking to me about asking me about that a lot because I have a lot of dreams and visions, and I, I hear very clearly from the Lord. And not that I'm anything special, I'm not. But I, I and and not you know I'm like don't walk on water or anything like that. <laughs> but I do try to be intentional about feeding my spirit so that it's stronger than my flesh because I want to hear from the Lord. I need to hear from the Lord. I need to hear him at the stop sign say turn right and not left. And I don't know why. It was like okay, and I do. And that's how we've got to live. And nobody has really taught us that in the church. Yeah. We're looping back to Ecclesia. Nobody has taught us that, that we have to be in fellowship with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit to live here. And if we're going to bring, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we need to be walking with the Spirit, not checking in every now and then when we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you know, we love Jesus and we're not doing, you know, we're not overtly sinning. You know, we live a good, clean, godly lifestyle. But if you are not feeding your spirit, your spirit is not going to be the stronger one to win out the tug of war. And it is a tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. And, and the Lord has just really brought that more and more um, to the forefront for me. The, the further we get into this, um, I'm working with a girl right now that we did a rescue. I did a rescue back in July. She's in a home in California and she's demonized and she's, you know, given her life to Jesus. And then she's calling Satan and demons to come be her friend. And this is going home, going on in our first survivor home that's open in California. And so that's my role is to stand beside that house parent and encourage her and help her and give her strategy. She's dealing with it all by herself. She doesn't have a spouse. She's also a widow. Mm-hmm. So here's the reality. I, I don't have the leisure of, you know, sit down and watch a movie and feel good and eat popcorn. I'm praying and interceding and fasting because there's a life on the line here that I've got to hear from God so that I can stand in a in a role of support for this girl who's in a battle, in a war. She doesn't have time to sit down and, you know, do the the hard stuff. She's she's fighting. So, you know, we've got to we've got to step up mm-hmm. as the, as the children of God and, and the people that follow Jesus. We've got to step up and follow his example of, of spending time with the father and getting connected with the Holy Spirit so that we know what it is we're supposed to do today and maybe tomorrow. But today's preparation for tomorrow. So it's no more business as usual. There's too much going on in our world um, beyond this sex trafficking stuff, yeah, and I know y'all have talked about that, the politics and all the craziness that's going on with the trans- transgender, all of that. These are the things that we're up against, and we cannot just sit back and say, oh my, that's terrible. We need to get connected with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen and amen. I mean, uh, one thing I heard, uh, char- uh, I'm sorry, man, go for it. I mean, and that's that's Romans 8. Being mature children yep. of God is about being willing to be moved by the spirit at all times. 
So when he nudges, you go, okay, let's go. Instead of, well, but I wanted to do... If you even notice the nudge. If you even notice the nudge. I mean, it's it's the analogy of the two hun- the two hungry wolves, right? Mm. Everybody has two wolves inside them. In in this analogy, it's the flesh and the spirit, right? So you want to you want to feed the spirit and starve the flesh, so that the fle- so that the flesh doesn't have the strength to fight. And by the way, guys, we're not talking about your physical body. <laughs> Just to be clear, um, we're talking about that darker side of us that that fallen side that can be twisted. The flesh that's fallen into sin. Yes, yeah. That can be twisted into being involved with trafficking. That Mm. can be twisted into doing things that are, well, shysty, frankly. Um, So be cognizant and choose to feed the spirit. Choose to press into reading the word, prayer, worshiping, get with a fellowship, whether that looks like going to church. Hey, if, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Of course, we would like to see you guys reach out to us and get connected with Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. After all, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Tam said, it's, it can be a challenge to shift that paradigm. Um, and yeah, I know from personal experience, I mean, I live on campus at a seminary, which is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about an unpopular message, right? Actually, actually when I've talked about it with my, with fellow students here, because I'm currently a student until I can move. Um, (laughs) so Lord, (laughs) but Actually, whenever I've whenever I've said anything about it, there's been positive reaction from these people who are in training to be pastors, from the from and even from my professors. They're like, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> <laughs> that like undermines the entire purpose of seminary. This, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Sometimes. I, I tell people um, it's a credentialing process and credentials open doors. And if the Holy Spirit, you know, sends you there, it's because you need, you need that for where he's sending you. It, it opens doors. If you don't need credentials to open a door and, and then God will open that door. But, you know, I don't, um, that's kind of the, the spiel I have with, should I go to college or should I not? It's like, what is God calling you to do? And he prepares you to do what he's calling you to do. Right. And there's nothing wrong with credentials if, if it's going to open the door. We just, you know, recently ordained some folks in the Georgia Ecclesia. We believe, you know, that God ordains us. He calls us. He prepares us and equips us. And ordination is just the world system. It's a piece of paper. But if you've got somebody in ICU that you need to go pray for, you can't get in and if you're, unless you've got a paperwork trail that says you're an ordained minister so we we have a number of people ordained we've got another one that wants to be ordained because it's a real passion to minister to people in prison in hospitals it opens doors so yeah the ecclesia is going to lay hands on you and we're going to send you out 
under the you know as god called you we are sending you out with our blessings and behind you and then we have a little piece of paper that we ordered from amazon that we'll fill in and give you that says you are ordained <laughs> you can take it to any hospital or any jail and you can get in so you know we have to function in the world but we have a higher calling and uh, we do what god sends us to do and he makes a way for us to do it amen absolutely amen amen um i'm trying to think what i was about to say uh uh i hate when i lose my train of thought but it's still it's still inspiring of what you guys are doing and it, this is something that we all yeah like, like you said this is we need to get serious we need to get uh our mindset right because we're so used to uh thinking in a worldly mindset we don't know what it we don't we've never been taught what it means to to uh think spiritually and if you look at, and you look in Paul's letters he tells us to think spiritually you got to get rid of the flesh thinking you got to you got to think stop thinking that you you know that we're limited we're not like we people are but he is not that's right and we are his children and if he leads us we are uh, we're unlimited but again there's going to be struggles there's going to be conflict but do not we can't let that let that stop us we can't let that stop us for what god's called us to do because what did he say what did paul says that we can do all things through christ who strengthens us he's the one that strengthens us it's not the other way around. We don't strengthen him, and he and we don't strengthen ourselves. There's no good in us, you know. He's the one that changes us. Amen. So, um, and it's important that yet yeah, we need to start getting people, our our brothers and sisters in Christ, need to start waking up and start realizing of that we are constantly in a battle. The battles, the the war has been won, but we're still we're uh we're still in battles. But the war has been won through Yeshua, through Jesus. Um, but we we just got to but we got but people got to be aware of this of this darkness especially this and they are thank thank goodness that the movie that they even put with Disney and Disney put it in an archives and now now Angel Studios bought it and they put it out and it's been a hit and it's still in theaters I think still mm-hmm. and it's been a, a, a hit. And they've been trying to, you know, stop it ever since. Like, say, oh, we got a uh, air, air, AC problem. Something's going on, or, or the storm is uh, interrupted the program. Yeah. Well, what about the other movies? What happened to those? Like, why are they still mm-hmm. running? So it's like, the so it's become a hit. It's because God's hand is on it. He's trying to get his people to be aware that this is a real, this is a thing, and you need to start battling in the spirit. You need to do what you can. To be a part of, to be a, to you know say something but we need to start getting in in the spirit realm and start battling against these demonic foes because that's where that's where the real war is at because when we start praying we start binding we start loosening that's where change can happen that's right Amen. i i pray every day lord i give my life to you fresh and anew today i'm yours I will mm-hmm. do anything you want me to do i will go anywhere you want me to go i just want to hear from you and i will obey and that is how we have chosen to live our lives and it's a it's a new laying down daily it's not what i want it's what you want and i would challenge everyone listening to to adopt that as a lifestyle if you truly 
have given your life to Jesus or you just believe in him. If you give your life to him, your life is not yours. You are dead to your life. You are alive in Christ. And so whatever whatever would come along to try to prick me or bother me, I want my attitude to be I'm dead to that. <laughs> Because dead people don't have feelings. They don't get their feelings hurt, they don't get offended, they don't get jealous, they don't fear. So no, not that we're perfect perfect in any of that. No. We we are we are regular human folks, but we're growing and and we're on a we're right. on a journey to to become more like Jesus. And yeah, we we I don't want to have us portray ourselves as being giants in the Lord because we're not. We're just regular folks like everybody else just trying to live obediently and position ourselves to be used by the Lord and and he uh, he comes through faithfully. He is beautiful. When when we're not faithful, he still is faithful. That's right. When we're weak, he uses the weak things of this earth. And when we think we can't be used, that's when he uses us the most. When we say, "Oh, I guess I'm not prepared for today." And then all of a sudden, "Oh, you used me." Wow. So, you know, we can't mm -hmm. live in fear. We got to live in faith and we can't be condemning ourselves because God's not condemning us. And um, we got to just just make ourselves and position ourselves to be used by the Lord and live this exciting life that he's given us. It's an exciting time to live. And, and, and that's I, I just didn't want us to sound like we were giants because we're not giants. Not me and you. You're more of a giant no. than I am for sure. But it's a mindset but, and it's a decision because I could decide otherwise. But I have to. Re I'm just speaking for me. I have to renew that decision that I don't want to make my own decisions. I don't want to live my own life because I've done that. I, I did that for many years and I was a mess. Yeah, me too. So you know, this is this is just uh, what I wish I had learned a long, long time ago. And, uh, and anybody can do that at any age. Mm. Absolutely. Well, um, mm. I yeah. mean, it's That's... the, the bottom line there is, yeah, we can all make that choice and it can be moment by moment because sometimes it's that granular. It's not just daily that that can be an overarching sort of meta theme if you will but it's moment by moment you decide okay i'm gonna go with god right now not what i might want to do sometimes that lines up but often it doesn't because there's still that flesh thing there's still that mm. uh, thing that wants to stick a finger in god's eye <laughs> well, we're all broken. You know, exactly. we come into this world broken and stuff happens. And the, the majority of all that is I'm trying to protect myself. I'm trying to defend myself. I'm trying to keep myself from getting hurt. Or, you know, that's what fear is all about. Is it, Whatever is going on, there almost always is the root of it is, is fear. And um, I was I was supposed to be an abortion. My grandfather paid for my mom to have an abortion because she wasn't married. My dad was in prison. She ran away from home and went into a home for unwed mothers. And I was not aborted. Um, I was adopted. I was molested. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. 
You know, so all of that. Meanwhile, you know, when I I loved Jesus when I was um, four years old, I had interstitial lung disease, which is fatal. There's no cure for that. And I was bedridden for three months expecting to die. My parents expected me to die. And I vividly remember Jesus sitting on the side of my bed talking to me. So I knew Jesus at an early I don't remember getting saved. I just always remember knowing Jesus and that he loved me. Meanwhile, I grew up and I was a mess. I loved Jesus with all my heart and I hated people. Basically, <laughs> well, people hurt you uh, because that's where yeah. woundedness came from, and so you know we're all broken, and we have to allow not just the the relationship with Jesus, but we have to allow Him to get in there and dig and pull out all the yuck, like the house we were talking about. You know, the rot that's in there. You know, to, for me, deliverance is like taking a shower every day. It's like spiritual hygiene is you just keep the shower running constantly you know okay i i I got offended by that i need to let that go in jesus name you know that didn't feel good um that kind of stuff you know so what steve's saying is we're not there we never will be we will always be under construction but my heart has decided not just to follow jesus but to yield to him to just lay down and be dead to this world and say, I'm yours. You have me, whatever you want. I'm, I'm available. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm uh, trying to cast a vision for because we need all hands on deck for this season of, mm-hmm. of life, regardless mm-hmm. of your age. We, we need elementary kids that are spirit filled and on fire and having mm-hmm. dreams and visions and leaders in their generation, as much as mm-hmm. we need our generation and everything in between your generation all hands on deck and i've seen little little three-year-olds baptized in the holy spirit and speak in tongues and have words of wisdom and words of knowledge and the gifts of the holy spirit operating in their lives i've seen that so you know we, we just take all the barriers off and say come lord jesus and fill us with your holy spirit we want to mm-hmm. live in you and have our being in you mm-hmm. yeah we need that joel prophesied manifest manifested and it will and we need, but but we as but it, as daily, but and more importantly, when that event comes in, we're already seeing revivals. We are we are seeing that the Holy Spirit is moving in states, especially what happened in Asbury College, uh, mm-hmm. and and other universities as well. The Lord is moving; is trying to wake up His people, especially the youth, because again, the, the that because again, that's where the enemy will always try to attack. The whole point of this: the enemy is always targeting the youth because if you can grab them, then you can change the you know. Uh, culture, nations, you know, through through littles, but also just corrupt them, destroy them, destroy the image of God. That's what that is the enemy's goal, and that's and our our job is 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 deliverance through the Holy Spirit. Because again, all these programs, the AAAs and all that, these are great programs and all that. People have been chained to these, but there needs to be a deliverance from the Holy Spirit to deliver you from this demonic being. Because again, that's what the demons are for. They are there to destroy, to kill and destroy. Yep. They're to accomplish the uh, the goal of the enemy, of yep. Satan. So we are here to be that that um, uh, ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven to walk as Jesus walked. Again, and that, as broken people, and yet walk as you know, as we were be fully restored in Him mm-hmm. and deliver 
deliver. And that's what's on my heart too. And it's still at the point of growing and figuring out what to, how, how to get started with it. But that is the desire. And because the Lord's telling telling us that we are spirit people. You, I didn't not didn't Jesus tell us that you we would do greater things than He did. Yes. You will do these things because I go to my Father. You will receive the Holy Spirit because I will be everywhere. I'll be with all of you, those who believe. And you will be doing incredible stuff than raising the dead. Incredible stuff than casting out demons. You know, even the miracles he did. I mean, what could be greater? So it's this is what we're called for. Yeah. And it's a growing process, like you said. And I do believe God's going to use children. I, I believe he's going to use your generation. He's going to use our generation. We're all going to work together uh, to accomplish the things that God wants done. Uh, one of the dreams I had a couple of weeks ago was I was riding in the passenger seat of a station wagon. We're telling this dream to somebody the other night. I was like, what's a station wagon? He was like your age. <laughs> it's like, what's a station wagon? No, well, that's what I grew up with, you know. So <laughs> I was in the passenger seat of the station wagon. There's this little boy, about 10 years old, driving. And he turned to me and he smiled. And then he had like a little text bubble cartoon bubble a speech bubble above his head and it said adam with a little heart emoji and so you know i interpreted that dream as this is the the partnership of two generations a young generation and an older generation driving together working together um to do what god wants done and and he's driving i'm i'm just i'm just uh, navigating uh, amen yeah and it's going to take all hands on deck because yep. this world is a hot mess to put it lightly. Not mm-hmm. to, I mean, not to mention, you know, the overall theme of this episode of trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, but the bottom line is go with God and be willing to be used. Whatever yeah. that looks like. That yep. often looks a little nuts. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it just does. It, it was nuts for when the disciples, I'm, I'm sure the disciples, when when they were going to Samaria, the disciples were like, what are you doing, Jesus? This is this is crazy. These are their enemies. And, no, and Jesus is like, no, I want to re- redeem them. I mean, we're, and we're going to talk to them whether you like it or not. So, and they had to follow because they they were called. So, and then their mindset had to be changed. So everything is a is, yeah, everything's a, a mindset. Well, I think I think we'll, we can wrap it up right here, um, guys. Thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for uh, coming on and uh, sharing your testimony. It's it was it was encouraging for me. I'll say it for it was very encouraging and convicting and, and a constant reminder of what we are what we're called. Not just being aware of the sex trafficking, which is is, is definitely important, and every everyone listening, we need to be aware of this. But I'm talking. It's a constant reminder that how it's so important that we need to be uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. That we, we that our willingness to be used because when we're willing, then He can change us. He can change our where our mindset. He can change our heart set. That's how that's that's how we can change us if we're willing to be used. Mm-hmm. That's where the overcoming is. 
and it's not easy. But thank you guys for t sharing your story, and we pray uh, the, a, a protection and um, that the Lord will continue to provide all the needs, and He's already have. He's already getting you guys a head start. So, and I'm glad you guys are encouraged. I'm encouraged by just how He's provided in the little things. Uh, and I pray that the, the Lord uses your ministry as a, uh, a place of deliverance, a place of healing, a place of building of the ki kids up, uh, p uh, anybody, anybody uh, who are seeking, you know, a new way of life to for a new family, but also for that they, they people would receive the Holy Spirit and accept Jesus as their savior, as their king and follow him. that your that your that you your your ministry would be a beacon of light. For people to be healed and restored and be uh, and belong to Jesus once again. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you. And thanks again for coming on, you guys. This has been awesome. Um, and it's time to time to wrap this thing. So, those of you who are listening to the podcast, the few, the proud, um, <laughs> thank you. Those of you who are watching on Rumble, thank you. Um, you can find us on True Social, at Caleb Meal, at Tech underscore Freedom, and at Outpouring Ecclesia, by the way. Um, you can talk to Caleb on Instagram, at Caleb underscore Meal, or you can find me on Telegram, at Matthew76. You can email us, collectively, outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me, or Caleb specifically, especially if you're back east and looking, wanting to find out more about how to do Ecclesia, hit him up, CalebMeal at Outlook.com. As we said in the beginning, uh, the music is Indie Folk Background by Carol Productions. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.